Welcome to Grace Life Church Podcast. If you would like any more information about us, please visit our website, gracelife.com.au. So if you have your Bibles, I would like you to turn your Bibles to the letter, Third uh, John. I just heard Pastor Josh uh, reading this scripture in his uh, presentation. Uh, this is Third John. Epistle of Third John, verse number two. You have on the screen? Yeah. It says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Amen? I'll read it again. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. You know, God wants us to prosper in all things, in every aspect of our life, in every area of our life. God wants us first to be prosperous in all things, second, in health. Amen? Because He is the Creator. He has created us. And when God created the human being, He has created us in a perfect way. There was no any lack or no any short in it. Everything was perfect. There was no sickness, there was no disease, there was no lump, or there was no any sort of, you know, uh, any sort of short in our health. Everything was perfect. Man was healthy. And when God created Adam and Eve, He Himself said that it is good. It was beautiful. It was good. And then He wants us to prosper in our soul, in the soulish realm. Now, what does the soul refers to us? What is the soulish realm? You know, man has been made in three dimensions. Man is spirit, soul, and body. Amen? Just as God has designed the tabernacle, when God gave Moses the design of the tabernacle, God has given him the, the design of the tabernacle in a three dimension. It's the outer court, the holy place, and the holy of holies. In the same way, when God created man, God created man in three different level the spirit soul and body spirit is first because everything God wanted to start with the spirit you know God created man on the sixth day and also God created the animals on the sixth day and if you see most of the 
if you see the animals, most of the parts of the animals, the body parts of the animals are similar to the human beings. We have eyes, they have eyes. We have ears, they have ears. We have lungs, they have lungs. Okay. And if, if, if you see, everything was similar. I mean, if you, even, even if you after man dies, and if you bury a man on one side, and you bury the animal on the other side, after some years, when the whole body has been disintegrated, you dig up the, the hole, uh, dig up where you have buried the man and the animal, you see, you'll, you'll see the bones remaining. If you, if you mix up the bones, you won't recognize that which bone is human being and which bone is animals. They all are same. But you know, what makes man different to the animal? Bible says, when God saw man, he was just like a statue. He made man in a perfect way. Adam was absolutely intact. He was perfect. He has the whole body right from the top of the head to the bottom of the feet. But do you know what was lacking in him? There was no life in him. There was no life. And God has to breathe in him his spirit. And when God breathed his spirit on him, and Bible says that man became a living soul. Amen? That's that, that spirit God didn't breathe in the animals. That's, why we ha that's how we are different than the animals. So when it comes to the soulish realm, the soul again has a three dimension. That is mind, emotions, and your will. You know, man is three dimensions, spirit, soul, and body. And again, the soul has a three dimension. That is your mind. And then you have emotions, and then you have a will. You know, but when the Bible says that God wants us to prosper in the soulish realm, that means God wants us to also prosper in our mind. Mind plays a very important role for our spiritual growth. Mind is very important. You know, Jesus has spoken to his disciple. Jesus rebuked his disciple. One of his disciples whom he loved so much, he rebuked him. Even not only rebuked he offended for, some, for that extent that he offended. He said, get behind me, Satan. He called him Satan. That's the only place that Jesus has called any person as a Satan. Jesus never, even Jesus has interacted so many Pharisees and Sadducees, but he never called them the sa Satan. But him who loved so much, he called him Satan. Do you know why? If you turn to, if you turn Matthew chapter 16, Matthew chapter 16, verses 21. From that time, Jesus began to show to his disciple that he must go to Jerusalem 
and suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. You know, when Jesus was, you know, Jesus was discussing with his disciples about that, how he is going to be crucified and how he is going to be killed and how God is going to raise him up on the third day. You know, there was Peter, you know, he took Jesus, he didn't like that. He didn't like Jesus saying that. He took Jesus aside. And do you know, he rebuked Jesus. Could you imagine Peter rebuking Jesus? We have seen Jesus rebuking Peter. But here Peter rebuking Jesus. You can just, you can just understand how bold he was. Out of love, he wanted Jesus not to die. He wanted to save Jesus. He was thinking that if Jesus would die, then what? happen to us what about us so Jesus have to get him rebuke him and what Jesus said you know you are an offense to me in other translation if you see sorry I was reading in uh, New King James version it I think you have a new international version I'm sorry for that but it says that you know you you get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of things, of the things of God, but the things of men. You are not mindful of the things of God. You are more mindful of the things of men. You know, today what I want to discuss with you all is setting our mind on the interest of God. Setting our mind on the interest of God. God has some interest. God has the desire. God has a purpose. God has a plan for each and every one of us. Amen. And when we set our mind, are we, we, we heard so much in this world about the mindset we always hear about the mindset. You know, of course, our mind is set. But Bible speaks about set mind, not the mindset. We are very opposite to the word of God. Bible speaks about set mind. But we, 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 we talk, talk about mind is set. Yes, of course, our mind is set. Because our mind has been set by the systems of this world. Right from the childhood, you know, from where we learn so much, from the, from the school time, from, the, from our books, from our education, from the, some of the uh, philosophy of the world, the worldly systems, our mind is set. But you know, Bible speaks about set mind. Colossians chapter 3 verses 2 says that set your mind on the things above not on the things of this earth. Now what Jesus was about to say, what Jesus was saying is that Peter, your offense to the kingdom of God, 
because your mind is not set on the interest of God. Your mind is set on the interest of this earth. You're trying to comfort me. You're trying to save me. But that's not the will of God. The will of God for me is to die and rose again. And when, when, when Peter was talking contrary to that, when Peter didn't understood the mind of God, he was trying to save Jesus. He got a rebuccation because his mind was not set on God's interest. Amen. And today I would say that if we as a Christians, it would be good for us if our mind is not set on the interest of God and if you are not tuned up and if you are not walking in the will of God, we need a rebuccation like Peter. We need a strong rebuccation. It doesn't matter what Jesus calls us. Whether he calls us Satan or devil or demon or evil or a worst sinner. Paul himself called as a worst sinner because he got a rebuccation. Amen? Hallelujah. You know, Bible says like in Revelation chapter 19, Revelation chapter 3 verses 19, it says, Him whom, whom God loves more, he rebukes him. He rebukes to him who loves more. The more God loves you, the stronger will be the rebuccation. And I always ask God, like, you know, God rebuke me if I'm going off, if I'm going somewhere waywarding, waywarding from your plan, from your will. God, I want you to rebuke me right there. Not after 10 years that when I realized that I was not doing God's will, I was not in the perfect plan of God. After 10 years, there's no use when God will reveal us that you are not walking in my way and that rebuccation will not benefit anything because in 10 years, we would have messed up our life. We would have damaged so many things. So it is good to ask God like, you know, God rebuke me then and there. It doesn't matter what he calls. You know, people talk about, have you heard about the rebuccation? I heard so many times God rebuking me. While reading the Bible, while reading the scriptures. People say that I read the Bible, I was reading the Bible, I got the word of God. But no one comes and says that I was reading the scripture, I, 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 I was reading the word of God and I felt the rebuccation. If you haven't felt the rebuccation, that means you are not tuned up with God. You know, you, you're not in the will of God. And God is not revealing. You know, God revealed. God wants to reveal His plan and His purpose. God wants to have a conversation, communication with us on the individual. Not like, you know, God speaking through this pulpit, through the church. Yes, of course, that is good that we attend the church and we receive the word of God, God speaks to us. But you know, every day-to-day -day life, you know, it is God who wants to talk to us. God wants to communicate with, with us and God wants to have that intimate relationship with us. Hallelujah. Bible says, Romans chapter 10, verse 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. What we are lacking today in the body of Christ is hearing. It's not, Bible doesn't say that listening the word of God. Because we are listening so much. 
we are living in the times where we are listening, we are receiving the informations, we are bombarded with the informations, we are living in the time of where there is the oceans of informations around us. In your hand, there is this device called mobile phone. You, you, can, you, can, you can explore the whole world, receive the information. The Bible doesn't say that, you know, faith comes by listening. Because we are listening so many good sermons. No, faith comes by hearing. Hearing the word of God. Hallelujah. Hearing the word of God. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing the word of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Blessed are those who meditate on my word day and night. Not who read my word day and night. We may have read the Bible through and fro. We may have read the Bible right from Genesis to Revelation. But Bible says, blessed are those who meditate on my word day and night. There is a world difference between meditation and reading. There is a world difference between listening to a sermon and hearing the voice of God. Hearing the sermon. Hearing the word from God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And God is more interested to to speak to us, to reveal His plan to us, to, 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 to show us what His will is. You know, just a few moments before, Peter was tuned up with God and he heard from God, he got a revelation from God when Jesus was asking His disciples, what does the people say about me? What does people talk about me? Some said that some people talk about you, that you are the risen prophet. Some people say that you are Jeremiah. Some people say that you are Isaiah. Some people say that you are the old prophet. But Jesus said, what do you say? Then Peter said that Lord, you are Christ the Messiah, the Son of God. You know, you are Christ the Messiah, the Son of God. And Jesus turned to Peter and said that, Peter, this is not the information that you received. This is the revelation which was been given to you from my Father in heaven. You received that revelation. See, five minutes before Peter was tuned up with God, Peter, was with, Peter could hear God speaking to him. Because what others said, the other disciples said, what they heard from people. But Peter said that what exactly God has spoken to him. That you are Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said that, you know, it's not the flesh and the blood that revealed to you. It's my Father in the heaven. And soon, after five minutes, he said that, Pastor, I, I, I will not allow you to die. I will die, I will die for you. But I won't allow you to go on the cross. Jesus has to rebuke him. You are the hindrance. You are the stumbling block. Do you know when we don't listen, when we don't have, when we, when, we, when we are not tuned up with God and when we don't know the purpose of God, we don't know the will of God and still we have the desire of the ministry. We try to do the ministry on our own flesh, on our own strength, by human philosophy, human mentality. When we try you know, those kind of ministry, those works, you know what Bible says, they are the dead works. 
the works, even in the ministry, even serving the Lord. I would say there are two kinds, two types of ministry. One is Martha ministry and one, one, one is Mary ministry. Martha was busy. She was busy pleasing people. She was busy pleasing the Lord. She was busy in kitchen cooking food. And she came with all the stress. You know, she came complaining to Jesus that, Jesus, I'm worried. I'm stressed. That's how you see in the world today, the Christians, the ministers, the ministry, they are so busy traveling the world from one end to other end. You know, so busy in the ministry, planting the churches, pioneering the churches, discipling, and, and a prophetic ministry. But you know, they are worried. Still, you could see stress. You could see defeat. You could see worry. You could see the ministers of God in depression. Because they are doing the work of God, the ministry of God in their own strength. They are trying to use their own strength. But Mary, on the other hand, she was sitting on the feet of Jesus and she was listening to Jesus. Hallelujah. She was listening. She was a good listener. Because that was not the time to cook food and to serve food for the disciple. That was the very crucial time when Jesus was about to go on the cross. And Jesus had this last message, this last word. And someone who is dying, someone who is about to die. And you know that you know very soon he is gone. And his last words would be very valuable and very important for you, isn't it? And, 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 and Mary was more interested to listen to him. And Jesus said that, Martha, Martha, you're worried for so many things. But your sister, Mary, has chosen the best place and no one can take away from her. Amen. She was a good listener. She was listening. Hallelujah. And that, that this is how you know, God wants us to prosper in our ministry, in our business, in our, in our family, in our relationship, if, even if it's in our career. You know, he wants us to prosper where? In our mind. When we set our mind on the things of God, when our minds are set on the interest of, of God, when our mind is always, mind plays a very important role in, the, in, in us. You know, our, in our spiritual growth, mind is the most important part. That's why, you know, mind devil is after your mind. He captivates your mind because that's the battlefield of the enemy. That's where enemy wants to capture it, to captivate it and to, to keep hold on your mind. That's where everything starts from. He uses your mind to put all sort of worries, to put all sort of stress, stress to put all sort of negative things, to put all sort of you know, destruction, the things which are not Fact, you know, he uses the mind. And that's how when we allow devil to play with our mind, to captivate our mind, to take strong hold of our mind, that's what our mind is set. We have a mindset. We have a mindset. You know, but Bible says, renew your mind. Amen? Renew your mind day by day. Hallelujah. So that your soul prospers. It's not only your health. It's not only the material things. It's not only the other aspects of your life. But God wants us to prosper in our soul. 
that means god wants us to prosper in our mind you know god wants to speak to us and god wants to write his law on our mind if you turn to hebrews i want you to see that hebrews chapter 10 verse 16 Hebrews chapter 10 verse 16 It says this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days says the Lord I will put my laws into their hearts and in their minds I will write them I'll put my law in their hearts in their minds I will write them Hallelujah God wants to write his law his status and god wants to reveal his plan and his purpose on our mind but how that is possible it's only if you set our minds on the things above when you allow god to take control of your mind when you empty your mind when you allow god to empty your mind and to remove all that rubbish that enemy has sowed and enemy has stored in your mind and you allow god that god renew my mind lord god you know it's renewing your mind it's something that you know you cannot do it's only god can do but you can allow god to do that every day every day if you allow god every day if you choose that god i want you to write your law and your plan and your will and your word on my mind if you give that permission if you allow god god will write those things in your mind hallelujah you know in the, in the, in the, the the first century apostle they didn't had a bible the the written script they didn't had a printed bible you know but they knew the will of god that's how jesus lived jesus walked on this earth just just think about jesus said in matthew chapter 4 verses 4 he said you know man shall not live on the bread alone but by every word that proceedeth out from the mouth of god man shall not live on bread alone but every word that proceedeth from the mouth of god that means to live a life to live a happy life to live a joyful life on this earth bread alone is not sufficient but we think like you know to live a happy life we need bread we need shelter we need clothes we need money we need surplus we need excess only money if we have excess of money that's how we think as a human being only if we have a surplus money if we have a good amount of money then we will be secure, feel secure will then we will be happy no but the bible says jesus said that man shall not live on bread alone it's not only the bread it's not only the things of this world but every word that comes out of the mouth of god just think about jesus how he lived the life he didn't had a printed bible he didn't every morning he would woke up and he 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 didn't had the bible that he could open up and read the scriptures once 
in a while he is to go in the synagogue and he is to ask those priests to give the Bible so that he could read. And this verse that Jesus spoke was from the book of Deuteronomy. That man shall not live on bread alone. That was a by-hearted scripture. See, some scriptures you can by heart, you can memorize. Some scriptures you can, you, can, you can read and you can keep that in the mind. You can memorize those scriptures. But I'm not talking about memory. I'm not talking about memorizing. I'm talking about the, 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 the law, the words, the plan that God wants to write on our mind. Amen? Just think about if you don't have a Bible, what you'll do? Just think about you're living in, the, in some bush or in some... Uh, I don't think so. Is there any place that Bible has not been distributed today? But even if, suppose, if just think about like, you know, you're born in such a place that, you know, there is no printed, or there is no script, or there is no printed word, or there is no Bible been given. You know, in those days, God has spoken to them. Even without the Bible, God has spoken to them. And those people were more holy and more righteous than us. They were more passionate than us. They were more, they were more like, you know, they, they were the true believers than us. Even though they didn't have a Bible, they were willing to die for Christ. We have all the resources today. But look at the lukewarmness in the Christianity today. The mediocrity, the lukewarm. We are so shallow. Even after having the printed Bibles with us. We thank God for the printed Bible. We thank God for the Word of God. We thank God that we could open the Scriptures and read. But think about if you don't have a Bible, how God will reveal His plan. God puts in the mind. God writes in the mind. Hallelujah. That's how Jesus lived on this earth. Not only three and a half years of His ministry. No. 30 years. Even when he hasn't, he haven't started the ministry, but still his mind was set on the things above. He was listening to God. When he was child, when he was little, when he was young, when he was teenager, still he was listening to God. And that's how every day-to-day -day life that God is to talk to him. And because God is to talk to him, God is to speak to him, and because he is to hear from God, he kept himself so holy and righteous that he was a pleasing to God. God said that he is my beloved son and I'm well pleased with him. Not because he's in the ministry. Not because he has planted the churches. Not because he has healed so many. No, Jesus even didn't start his ministry when the, when, when, when the, when the voice came from heaven. It was the first day of his ministry, I would say, that he took the baptism and out of the water he comes and the God, speaks, God speaks to him from the heaven that this is my beloved son and I'm well pleased with him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How he heard that voice of God. He heard the message from God. He kept his mind open all the time. Amen. Not on the things of this world. What, 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 what Jesus said, what Jesus, why Jesus was rebuking Peter. Not because he has committed some gross sin. Not because he has committed some adultery. What the rebuke for, was for. 
the rebuke was for only because he hasn't set the mind on the things on the interest of god he was he, his mind is was his mind was just on the things of this earth hallelujah on the things of this earth you know bible says renew your mind renew your mind if you if you, if you read that that scripture last scripture i would like to share is uh, from romans chapter 12 I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice holy acceptable to God which is your holy acceptable to God which is your reasonable service and do not be conformed to the world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of god amen that's a perfect will of god that's a perfect will of god for us renewing our mind day by day asking god to write his letters to write his will to write his plan in our mind take control of of our mind amen to make our mind holy a place where we could worship him we could worship him we could see god in his holiness seated on the throne hallelujah we hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast from grace life church for more information about us or any of our services please visit our website at gracelife.com.au